Love my pastors. Just feels like family here. And we want all of you to feel family today. We love you so much. Whether you're in your nighttime jammies or your daytime jammies <laughs> or no jammies, uh, we, we love you. And my prayer today is that the love of God will go viral. Amen? God is loving. He is a loving, powerful, mighty God. This whole season did not take him by surprise. When you hear the word that he's been speaking to me since last, last fall, really, and the timeliness of it today is kind of amazing. But that's how God is. You know, he provided ahead of time for everything that we need. Amen? He provided Jesus before he created the world. He provided the answers for your life today before this day even happened. Amen. So I'm going to say a word of prayer. Lord God, I just thank you so much that you're with us, that you're everywhere, Lord, that you're in every living room. In, your, in you, we live and move and have our being. You're the eternal, almighty God. And I thank you, God, that you will speak through me, that you'll hide me in the cross, Lord, that your word that you want to say of love to your people will go forth today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful, and you know what he says? He says he watches his word to perform it. So just because you're not here today does not mean the word of God is without power. If you're hearing the word of God, there are dispatched soldiers and warriors wherever you are to perform it. And I'm believing that he told me that there are healings that are coming forth today as you're listening to this. Jesus is coming into your living room with life and hope and fire. In Jesus' name, we just break the stronghold of fear that's come over this land. In Jesus' name. See, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So today, power, love, and a sound mind are going viral. Viral, okay? Nothing can put out the love of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. So today we're going to talk about wisdom from the cave, but there could have been many other titles for today's message. The antidote to the virus of fear and the leaven of lies, or the right now key to everything you need. Who wants that? Amen. 2020, there's been a lot of prophecies about this year. Perfect vision, 2020 is actually hindsight vision, but it's perfect vision, right? So we can see where we've come from and where we are now. God is opening our eyes to see. I'm going to tell you a little story so you can relate to me. I grew up in South Africa. I really should talk like this. <laughs> I really do when I'm around South Africans. I used to get teased brutally by my brothers about that, so I've learned to switch back and forth really well. Now, whenever I talk like this, people have to recalibrate me. <laughs> I jumped out of their box. So. Uh, as a little girl in South Africa, we came back when I was seven or eight to Rustenburg. My grandpa and my dad were building a church and a Bible college. And 
I just remember feeling at night terror. I'd never had fear before in my life. I was the youngest little, you know, lots of brothers and sisters and mom and dad. I felt super safe. But for some reason, there was a real battle over this project that my parents were doing. And when I would go to bed at night, I would hear the drums start and I would feel such terror. I've thought about that this week because you might think because we're standing up here or we're speaking that we don't feel what you feel. So I want to encourage you that just because you feel fear doesn't mean it's yours. Don't pick it up. So I didn't know all that yet. I was just a little girl and I would crawl in bed with my parents every night if I could get up the courage and sweat and my heart would beat and I would run and jump in bed with them which I'm sure wasn't that fun for them. And the days I didn't have the courage to do that, I just laid in bed and I sweated and my heart beat. And I don't know, that was eight months. And it was awful. My mom finally realized what was going on. Maybe this is spiritual warfare. So she read me the passage from Ephesians about the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. This, guys, gals, women, men, everybody, this is a sword. And God says we need to become like little children. So guess what I did as a seven-year-old? This is my sword. So my mom taught me a couple verses, and she said, when you feel afraid at night, just sit up in bed and say the verse. So I did. I, the drums started, and this thick, dark presence came into the room, and I sat up, and I had my Bible with me. I was ready. <laughs> I said, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, and it left. I was amazed that it was actually real, and that there was an entity that we can't see with these eyes, but that it had to bow to the word of the living God. So guess what? I had a couple of months of peaceful sleep, and then I tried again. I felt that, but I was sleeping with my Bible under my pillow. Uh, and I, I sat up, and I said that verse, and I said another verse. He's, I lay me down in peace and sleep, for you, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And there was peace again. About six months later, those two verses weren't enough. It came back. It was thicker than ever. And so I got my Bible up, and I just said, and every other verse in this book. <laughs> and guess what? Never bothered me again. But guess what I felt in the air this week? I felt that same thing. But you know what? We have authority over that. This is not, nobody could ever convince me, ever, that this is not God's word that holds the universe together. This is a mighty weapon for you. Right now, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's not mad at you. He's not judging you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son for you. And he sent his word for you. His word that heals. Amen? So as Christy said, pick it up. 
Let that living word wash you and use it as your sword to battle against fear because that's the scary thing. That's more dangerous than the virus. And I'm not belittling the virus. So if you've been touched by it, we love you. We pray for you. We're going to pray healing today because the word, he sent his word and heals, healed them. And I've seen healings. Nobody can convince me this book is not true. Nobody convinced me that Jesus doesn't heal. I've seen deaf ears opened. I've seen him heal. So he can heal you. And he has authority over the virus. He does. He does. And you know what? I don't fear dying. Because guess where? I know Jesus Christ came to live for me and die for me. And you can know that today too. You can know that you are going to a better place. Because you can invite him into your life. You can give him your life. And he will come and live in you. Amen? All right, so the cave. Because I believe the word is true, I believe the stories in the Bible are true. And if you don't, there are so many. This is a great time to convince yourself that the historical prophecies in this book are not possible to have done without a living God. They're, they're just not possible. And so I believe that the stories in the Old Testament happened. But they're also figurative pictures for us to learn from, okay? So I'm going to talk a little bit about David. I'm sure most of us have heard the story of David and Goliath. So Goliath was a big a giant, and he was taunting everybody that he was going to destroy them and they were going to become slaves. There was a lot of fear. But David had a big defeat right? He said, how dare you taunt our God? God is alive, so I know God is with me. It wasn't David. It's not me. It's not you on your own. It's God in us, okay? God in us. So he had a great victory. Fabulous. He gets one of Saul's um, wives, I mean daughters as his wife. Things are going so well. The Bible says that he was just blessed and prospered immensely. Well, guess what happened? Jealousy. Huge amount of jealousy. And Saul decided he was going to kill him. And so there were just so many attempts to kill him. He would throw a spear at him when he was worshiping. He, he told his wife to let him sleep and he was going to come and they were going to come and get him and kill him. And she told him so he got to sneak away and she put one of the gods there in the bed. So David had to leave, and the place that he had to go to was where you might feel like you are today, the cave of Adullam. He didn't choose the cave. You know, we didn't choose this, right, to be isolated at home. The word Adullam means embattled, despairing, in debt, alone, and their prey, P-R-E-Y. That's what Adullam means. But God had a plan in that place. God did something in David's life. God's going to do something because he's a good God. He's a good God. What if the cave you fear has the treasure you seek? Amen? The hero's journey in, a, in literature when you're a story writer, right? They, the hero has to have some sort of 
adversity or fearful place that he walks in, and that's where his heroism is exposed or her heroism. So God is igniting a fire in you today. God is healing you today. God is giving hope to you today. God is doing something so great in you that it will mean your destiny is going to be fulfilled. There is a treasure in this cave, and that's not speaking lightly of those who are suffering. We feel that with you, and we love you, and we're praying with you, but there's a treasure and a hope at the end of this journey. So David wrote three psalms in the cave of Adullam. Psalm 142, and we have lessons from what he learned there. Psalm 142, he pours out his heart to God. He's despairing, absolutely despairing. And it's okay to do that. You're feeling those things. God knows it. You know, you, you can be real with God. He can handle it. He really can. That was the first thing he learned, was to admit where he was to God and, and ask God's help. So admit where you are today and ask God's help. So Psalm 142, he says, I'm crying aloud with my voice, Lord. I'm pouring out my complaint. I'm declaring my trouble to you. When my spirit was overwhelmed, you knew my path. God, there's traps everywhere. No one cares about me. No one cares for my soul. Bring my soul out of prison. He tells God where he is. He's honest with what he's feeling, and he's asking for help. Please, God, listen to me. Please, God, be my refuge. And he's believing God. That's the first step you can do today is tell him honestly, this, this isn't very fun. I'm really afraid. I feel this, or this is going on, or there's debt in my life. How am I going to pay my mortgage or my bills? Tell him and ask him. Call on me and I will answer you, God says. He's alive and he's a good God. And for those who've encountered religion, religion is not God. And we're sorry. We, we, I pray for healing right now for everyone who's encountered the judgment and the hate of religion because God is a God of pure love. So call on him today. The next psalm he wrote from the cave of Adullam was Psalm 57. So his next step was remembering who God is. Okay, I'm not going to look around me. This cave, I've, I looked at pictures of the cave, and it's dark, and it's cold, and he didn't know where his food was coming from, and he was alone, and it wasn't sunny and nice and luxurious in any possible way. But instead of focusing on that, he put his eyes on the Lord. And he remembered who God was in the cave, and he learned to worship in the cave. Does that sound familiar? Is there another story in the Bible, Paul and Silas, when they were in the pit, the dungeon, the darkest dungeon of prison? They didn't say, oh man, I just got whipped 40 times and my feet are in the stocks and this is dark and cold and where's my feather pillow or my jammies? <laughs> he, he didn't, they didn't say that. They praised their way out. They praised. What happened when they started praising? Their chains fell off. The whole place was shaken. And not only did they come out free, everyone else came out free. And the jailer got saved. 
So expect God for a miracle. Let this be an exciting time for you because you're going to find God in the midst of this like you've never found him before. And he will be found by you because in him we live and move and have our being. So that's what, that's what David did. Praising in the midst of trouble, remembering God's goodness. I guess I'll read a couple of those. He says, be exalted above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. That's what we can pray for now. The Bible says in Isaiah, deep darkness will cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine upon us. So the darkness, what, what happens to darkness when the light goes on? It's gone. So we can have the light. Our heart can be steadfast because we will sing praises to the Lord like David learned how to do. All right, then Psalm 34, things turn radically, and actually David gets out of the cave, but he's learned something really important in the cave. And this would be the other title of my message, and I didn't say it first, because you all signed up to hear what is the key to this season? <laughs> what is the key to financial breakthrough? Who needs some of that? What is the key to healing? Who, what is the key to having the angel of the Lord in camp around about you? You all said yes to that. So now I'm going to tell you. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. That's not like a fear of the kind that we've had with religion. Okay? It is the word fear. I'd like to tell you it's different than the other fear, but it's not. It's the same word, um, but it's different because it's God's fear. It's kind of like when my dad, I loved my dad. I loved crawling up on my dad's lap and having him tell me stories and play with me. But when I had done something that he didn't want me to do, I was pretty afraid uh, of my dad. And we're not saying again that God is judging you. So listen, and I bind any condemnation this is not that. This is not that at all. But this is the key to your victory. This is the key to God doing what he wants to in this cave and you coming out on the other side. Free, heroic, the hero's journey. This can be your hero's journey. David learned humility and the fear of the Lord in the cave. Psalm 34 he says, first of all, let's look at verse 4. I sought the Lord. Remember, we read the Psalms where he was seeking the Lord. And he answered me. He'll answer you. And he delivered me from all my fear. So there's the fear that the devil sends. God does not want you to walk in that. He will deliver you from that. But then in verse 11... The young lions, verse 10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord will not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's what David learned in the cave. He learned the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is, is the place where he will answer, the place where he provides the place where his angel encamps and he delivers, the place where he heals. So 
we have a roaring lion of fear right now. And I grew up in South Africa, so I get to talk about lions for a minute. When the lion roars, the whole jungle freezes up. There is an awe and a respect. And that's the God. The God we have is the God who's coming to deliver us. He, he is the God who's coming to deliver us. Psalm 19 verse 9 says that the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And Isaiah 11, 1 to 3, talks about Jesus, the spirit that was on Jesus. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will judge not by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. He will give just decisions for the poor of the earth. If Jesus needed a spirit of the fear of the Lord, you and I need a spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I think it's been lacking. Now, I, I struggled this week. You know, old things trying to torment me. That doesn't mean God's about to spank me. No, if you're struggling, and in fact, right now, whatever you're struggling with, give it to him right now. He's going to set you free. I see healing coming. I see addictions being broken off of you right now. We're going to get word from all over the world. I know. He showed me. The power of God is here to heal. He's not here to whack you on the side of your head. But you know what? We got a little too cozy, comfy with our big God, right? He's not a little kitten that is kind of like a Santa Claus kitten. Like, we can just ask him for what we want and pet him when we want and leave him out when we want to do our own thing, okay? It's time for us to remember that he has a way for us to walk, and it's good, and it's for life. Why? The Bible says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So he's not, you're, you're, you can go to heaven and you can sin, but you're not going to live the full, abundant life because just like I didn't let my children play in the street. They couldn't see what was coming there. They couldn't see it, right? Ephesians 2 verse 2 says, Satan is at work in the sons of disobedience. And it's time now that we say, God, I want your way because I want all that you have for me. Exodus 20, 20 it's 20, year 2020. It's the verse God gave me for this year, Exodus 2020. It says, do not be afraid. God has come in order that he may test you, in order that the fear of him may remain so that you may not sin. But wait, wait, it's not what we've heard be, being beat up with it. That word means to miss, to forfeit, or to lack. Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly. John 10, 10. Satan came to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes that you would have life and have life abundantly. Amen. So this is, that's the 2020. Do not be afraid. Not worldly fear. We're not afraid. But we love God so much. Perfect love casts out all fear. He is the God of love, 
that kind of fear. The God of love that wants you to have an abundant life. Amen? That's the key. Exodus 20, 20. God has come to test you in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you will not miss, forfeit, or lack. Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. So 2 Chronicles, Chronicles 7, 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Humble themselves and pray. I've been doing that because the Lord's been speaking to me about this. He's been speaking to others. We're part of Catch the Fire now. And so I've been listening to some of the Arnott's testimonies. What an amazing move of God they hosted for so many years. And God can do so much more than we let him if we let him out of our box. Amen? But I've been listening to some of their messages. And she had a dream two years ago that the fear of God was coming back to the church. And she was running into the church and saying, repent or run. (laughs) Why? Because God wants to thump us? No, because we're giving the devil permission to be in our midst. And he wants to rob us. And God is good. God is good. What are some other examples? Um, Moses, returning from the wilderness, Some of you, this is going to be a time coming out of the cave. Some of you are coming out of the wilderness. You've been in the wilderness a long time, and you don't realize that this cave journey is actually your key out of the wilderness if you find the fear of the Lord in that place. You're coming out of the wilderness. Amen. So Moses had been in the wilderness, and it was time to walk in what he'd been promised all those years. And the Lord came to kill him. What? He hadn't, his obedience had not been all the way. He didn't circumcise his son. God isn't wanting to kill us. He's wanting to give us life. That's why he gave us the ways of life. That's the good news of this. Take this time. May I just encourage you with us, take this time to repent. I've been doing that. I know I got lazy. I did. I kind of got a little wounded in the church, and I thought, akuna matata, you know, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) And so I've been doing a lot of that myself. Like, oh my gosh, God, I walked outside of your best for me, and I love you so much. Thank you for, thank you for healing me. Thank you, God. And that's the key. The angel of the Lord is waiting. He's listening. The Lord is here. He's with you. Call on him. Look to him, tell him where you're really at, and believe that he's coming through for you. Today, he's coming through for you. So he learned in that cave humility and the fear of the Lord. He also learned something else. Even though it was a cave of loneliness, and Saul even killed all the priests that helped him, it was really lonely. But there were other lonely people. There were other people that, were, that had debt, that had lack, and they gathered to him. And they prayed and found their way out together. So help your way out. Give your way out. Don't stay alone in your cave. Help your way out. Help those around you. That became David's mighty men. Amen? So God's going to turn your debt and your lack and your aloneness and your embattledness into a place 
of your heroism for the time is right for you to shine in this day and age right now God made you to live right now not to destroy you but that his glory could shine through you and and he wants you well he wants you encouraged he wants you to know him the God of fire and the God of love I will tell you that my passion those who know me over the years has been to study places where God showed up, right? That's why I love Catch the Fire, because boy, did God show up there. We've seen things in my living room. I've heard stories with my grandpa and in Africa. And my question was, why don't we have it? Why doesn't it last? And so I've got stories and stories and stories. And you know what the secret, the key is? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. That's the key. You know, this time when God shows up, it's, it's not going to be like a little spark and a little spark. This is, this is the grand finale, guys. It's never going to go out again. I've touched some of these moves of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me many times. He's going to give it back. And when he does, he's never going to take it away again. And you know what he does in those times? And he's going to do more than he's ever done because this is, he saved the finest wine for last. Gold can fall in meetings, right? I've met a lady who, she was actually a prostitute in South America, got saved. The church was in debt and impoverished and she would worship and gold dust would fall from her hair. I have a picture of that on my refrigerator to remind me that God is able might not be the traditional way that we've seen. That world, unfortunately, or fortunately, has just ended. It is not going to be as it was before, but our God is not surprised. Our God is able to do mighty, 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 mighty things. And he's going to do mighty, mighty, mighty things. The fear of the Lord is the key. You know, we've had church light. We've thought of the roaring lion of Judah as our little kitty cat Santa Claus. But we've got a roaring lion of Judah who's able to do all things. And you know what? We need to be relational. We need to make disciples. We're not done as the day of church that, and I can say this because I did my pew time, I said in hours and hours of services growing up, we're not looking at the back of people's heads, listening to people feel great about their good sermons. That's over. That's Kool-Aid, guys. We're relational. We're a family where you're going to feel loved. God's love is going to live, and we're going to know you. We're going to know each other. We're going to love each other. We're going to carry that. I love this church. I love our pastors, because that's what they model, is the humility and the fear of the Lord and the family and the love. And that's where we want to all just grow in. We want to have the God of love show forth in our midst. So this is Psalm 34. David says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me. Actually, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. It just does such a better job. This is as he's leaving the cave, guys. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. We're going to be bursting with joy when we look back on this time and see what God has done for us. Our lips are full. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and your works. 
God, we want to boast of you and your works again so that let all who are discouraged take heart. That's what God is doing right now. That's what God is doing right now. I'm going to tell you a little story, and I'm going to close with this. Many of you know Wimber and the Vineyard Movement, and I was a part of a lot of the early days at Metro and beautiful things that God did. But nobody knows his best friend, Gordon Millette, who uh, started some of the earlier churches with him. And then he was a missionary to Haiti. I got to spend a few days with Gordon and became very dear friends as he and my dad shared their war stories on the mission field and uh, was just exciting. But he was talking about the fear of the Lord. It's not just, is something moving? Thank God, because church has been so dead and boring for so long. It's no, get rid of what's not of God because he wants to come in his fullness and his love. And the enemy can come and try to hide. He tries to hide and destroy the work of God. And so Gordon learned about that. And he studied the early church, which I had been studying, the anti-Nicene period. Why did they have the power and what put it out? Remember, those are my two big questions. And the early church, when someone got saved, which I hope you do today, call on him. He will answer you. He will fill you. And then find some Christians to walk with you. So when the early church people got saved, they gave their lives to God, they, the elders would fast and pray with them. They would teach them. It's not just some Santa Claus Jesus. Who is this Jesus? And make sure they really knew and that they burned their idols so that they could walk victoriously in their lives. We, don't have, we haven't seen a lot of that. We haven't seen a lot of the power and we haven't seen a lot of the victorious lives. And I'm just as guilty as everyone, so I'm here just with you, a beggar begging bread. God, it's all you in our broken vessels. But he's coming to do that. And so Gordon and his team implemented that. They would fast and pray with people and then in six months later maybe, they would, they would say, yeah, I think we can baptize this person. So one day, they had a lady, they, she was dressed in nice things and their idols were gone and she knew some Bible verses and they were convinced that she was really born again and the attachments of the enemy were broken. So he was baptizing her and her head didn't quite go under and he thought, I wonder if that's relevant. And he thought, well, maybe. So he tried to put her head under. She shot up screaming and came down doing cartwheels and voodoo dancing. Something was missing. The devil didn't really care if she gave 98% to God. If he could keep a foothold, he could get back in. You know, power outages, at the same time I was learning all this, um, we had a property management company, and we had someone come to check all the power lines, and I asked him, I said, what is... What is the most, the most frequent thing for power to go out? And it blew me away. It's the same principle. He said, if you don't clean the attachment all the way, the dirt will eventually go across it. God is not a mean God saying, you can't do this, you can't do this. He's a God of love who wants you to have abundance and the best life possible on this earth and in eternity with him.
And so we want to choose his ways. We don't want to listen to condemnation right now. It's not that we failed. He's good. He's a good father. He'll clean us and hold us and love us and heal us. So I have a little poem that I'm going to close with that I wrote with this story from Gordon because it answered so many things to me. Why, why, you know, at, at Metro they had, in the 90s, they had such an outpouring. The kids in the school were seeing angels and hearing God and getting healed and little five-year-olds were praying for people. But then there were also other things happening and nobody knew that just because it moved it maybe wasn't God. And there wasn't the fear of the Lord and it ended up dividing and putting out the fire because people got offended and people weren't safe. Isaiah 35 is the highway of holiness, guys. It talks about holiness. And there have been prophecies that everywhere that that highway is in this country, there's going to be such an outpouring that people are going to be camping alongside because they're going to be healed. So it's the highway of holiness. That's what Isaiah 35 is. I'm not here to preach on that today, but it, that's where he is taking us, a place where it's going to be safe, safe for our children, good shepherds, that are going to care for us, where we can grow in the house of the Lord. So this is just, as you're at home, think about this story. Ask the Lord, is there any Jesus plus that I need to clean off? Because we need his power more than ever before, guys. We need it to make it through this time. We need it to see his restoration in this land. So no condemnation. That's never the Lord. He's good. It's a step up. It's not, I'm going to bash you. It's, I love you, and I'm inviting you up into my fullness to know my love, to know my power. So ask him today if there's anything, because as I read to you the story, what they found in that lady, they couldn't find anything. They're like, what did we miss? She had a tiny red cloth this big, a tiny, tiny cloth. This is even bigger than the cloth that she had in her pocket that a witch doctor had given to her and said, there's a lot of power in this. If ever everything is bad and wrong in your life, this will call on this and it, you'll get help. She, she got rid of everything except that little red cloth. You know why we haven't had the power in the Church of God? Because we have red cloth. It's really easy in our country to have a Jesus plus. I'll trust Jesus plus. And let him free you today. Just give that to him. The lady with the red cloth, her name has since been changed, but I need to tell her story. Her story may change you. She's from another country. Her skin's a different hue. Although her life is different, her heart has longings too. And in her struggle at the cross, I see myself and maybe you. God sent someone to tell her all his son would do. Believe and you'll receive, he said. The Bible, it is true. Give your all to God. He will deliver you. I'll let her tell her story now. It's when I need to. My burdens were so heavy. My gods, they were so cruel. Could what this man is saying be the answer to it all? I walked down to the altar. I said the sinner's prayer. Around me, God was moving. I left my burdens there. But somewhere in my pocket, my fingers found their friend. I walked back into my world and I did not comprehend. The red cloth had me spellbound. The witch doctor said it could. And if it ever got too bad, I knew then that it would.
The battle raged inside me, but I didn't really know. My life went on as usual, and I learned not to let it show. Some days were good, some days were bad, but the torment didn't really end. If only peace would come again. And then I'd find my friend. I went to church, I learned the way, the verses I could say, but deep inside I hadn't changed. I liked it more that way. But then one day I couldn't hide. God brought it to the light, exposed I was, but then I saw the reason for the fight. The red cloth I was clinging to, my old familiar friend, kept part of me away from God and brought the thief instead. God wants to give his all, you see. What stopped him? It was me. It was me. It's not his hand too short. What stopped him? It was me. Give everything you have to God and he will set you free. Now I know that God is true. I live abundantly. No longer can the devil steal. No longer torment me. For all I have belongs to God. And he will fight for me. The glory of the Lord returns when we give all freely. One of my dad's friends, Jim Elliott, who some of us know gave his life for the Alka Indians, said, it's no fool who gives what he cannot keep to attain what he can't lose. So give it all to God. What have you got to lose? We have nothing else to hope now. We, we don't know what's coming, right? We don't know if we're going to have our job. We don't know who's going to get the virus. But I know who's more powerful. I know who can provide. I know who can heal. I know who can multiply five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 people. We've got to come to God with everything we have. The fear of the Lord has got to return to the church because he's a God of love. Perfect love casts out the wrong fear. Our perfect God of love, we need to reverence him again. We need to reverence him again. Amen? So, Lord, we just thank you right now as you're moving, Lord, to who's listening. We thank you that the name of Jesus is the name above every name. We thank you, God, that conviction is a sweet thing. It's actually a kiss of God. Where the Bible talks about the loving kindness of God, there's reproof in there. So if he's giving you a leg up right now, just take it and give him that red cloth. Let him have all of you because then you have all of him. And he's good and he's powerful. And it's for now and it's for eternity. Jesus' name. God, send your healing now. Send your spirit. Send your spirit into every home, Lord. Don't let anyone leave having heard this feeling lonely anymore, Lord. Be with them. Let, let your presence come in, in wherever they're listening, Lord. Let your presence be with them. Give them hope. I ignite hope. Lord, we speak a viral, a viral epidemic of the hope of God and the fear of the Lord and the goodness of God and the healing power of God. We repent, Lord, of fearing. We repent of fear. We repent, God, because you are a God who has come today to deliver us into your goodness. We worship you, God. Amen.